Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Takes All Over the Place. We just came to say hello. We are getting some Lulu-rich vein of content from our latest docu-series by some of the same people who did the Firefest debacle. It's enjoyable, it's great, it's in Julie's top five cult shows, and she's watched every single one of them and will soon start one of her very own. A docu-series or a cult, only time will tell. <laughs> Julie jumped briefly onto the plane of Manifest and then was like, I'm not into it, and then walked straight out. We talk about Drag Race Holland, which is in its penultimate episode, so we got the final... The finale of that next week. We also have the finale of Nine Perfect Strangers. Where is the TV coming to? We got to celebrate a lot of beautiful TV um, with the Emmys and then also malign and criticize white men who are performing poorly. So stick around for some tweets, some laughs, and a whole lot of unbridled joy and optimism. That was perfect. Amazing. So, Nick, how was your official birthday? I know I saw you on your pre-birthday birthday. It was... Lovely. It's been a whole week of events, which I have never done prior to my birthday, or at least not in such a, a raucous manner. But yes, the big 3 which I think, <laughs> which I think I felt fine about. Um, it was tough to separate that aching dread from just the normal one that I feel on a daily basis. But it was super lovely. Had a lot of things happening, a lot of liquor-induced moments, and um, yeah. Here we are now. Sorry, my neurons are still developing, repairing, restoring, restructuring. Revived. Did you bring up a giant bucket of water for yourself? I have been drinking constantly both water and non-water things for the past, <laughs> like, 72 hours. has been a constant cycle of that. So uh, I'm getting – we're going to test out how 30 handles hangovers because – I haven't let myself be completely devoid of consumption in, in a bit, so I assume the cumulative <laughs> hangover may actually kill me. <laughs> no, don't die. I heard you had cake pops at your party. Were they ah, my God, that was so sweet. My dear Aunt Emily made champagne cake pops, strawberry cake pops, because I'm a cake pop fiend. One might describe Are you? me as a cute little cake pop. I don't know, because, you know, it sounds like K-pop, too, so, like... So the cake pops and K-pop and all that stuff. In reality, how many cake pops do you think you consumed, consumed, or concerned? I was concerned at how many I consumed, Julie. Let me take I that know. and make that so funny with my wordplay. I feel like if nobody's watching, I could easily take down nine without anybody watching. But. See, I need people to be watching. That's part of the game for me. <laughs> <laughs> I need people's shock and horror to spur me on. Do we know how many cake pops makes up an actual slice of cake? I mean, I think it's probably eight, right? I think it's 10 to 12, yeah. 10 to 12 is like one tiny sliver, a little basic one, yeah. Uh, but then my mom threw like another gathering this Sunday, and then, yeah. So there's been a lot happening, um, including a family event on Saturday where I drunkenly approached one of the few people I was not related to, assuming that he was gay, because it seemed very clear that he was gay. And he was making allusions by specifically saying, wouldn't it be cute if I jumped in your arms for a photo? And I was like, okay, so I don't feel like I was out of my mind to pursue that, <laughs> but I was um, with the drunken delicacy of maybe, I don't know, a bulldozer hitting a building and then the building collapsing and hitting some sort of underground parking garage um, was perhaps the subtlety that I went about it. 
But so what happened? A, well, it was like 20 minutes, and then I noticed a wedding ring, and I was like, well, that's never stopped me before. And he was like, so um, what's your marriage? Because <laughs> that's confusing. And he was like, yeah, my wife and I. And I was like, I'm sorry, your wife? And he was like, yeah, and our kid. And I was like, okay, you have made some poor decisions, and I here's your opportunity to sort of like extricate yourself from them. So, yeah, that was interesting. And then I was like, I'm So did you do it in the bathroom or what? No, we did it. I was just like, okay, this is not how I envisioned this happening, but this is why I was lingering. So, Emma, we can finally go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Pack it in. Admitting that that's why you wanted to stay. What did you (laughs) say? I was like, I'm just having so much fun with all our family. (laughs) Is it a hard out? (laughs) (laughs) Because I was going to give the heart out to him, and then, oh, oh, hey, bro. But no, he was very convinced that he was in a loving relationship with a woman. So who was I to try to deny that? After two to three more times of, are you sure? (laughs) How firm is that? Well, that's not very firm. That was the problem. That was um, the problem, yeah. But But that springboards perfectly into, I made myself catch up on the other two, season two of the other two, which I know Uh. you love. I do. Are love. you up on that? I'm not up on that. No, I love it these so much. These poor people. Nothing good ever happens for these. <laughs> every it's hilarious. Week. It's devastating. It's every amazing. week. I know. <laughs> and they are self-sabotaging left and right. It's just painful. Painful. I love it. And it's because I love it that I haven't watched it. I have a big problem. You know that from Schitt's Creek, where if I truly enjoy something, I'm so afraid that it'll be over that I won't watch it. Have I sent you guys? I don't think I did. There is a person who's on Twitter who's the little shits, and he makes them out of weeble wobble. Yeah, yes, I made you watch yeah, it. Yeah, I made you, you watch it. You did, yeah. I, when they pop up, I'm just like, oh, my God. We weren't forced. Did we have a choice? No, but did we enjoy it? Yes. <laughs> you could have looked away, but I just love them so much. Um, I'm sure everybody in the world is going to talk about the Emmys, but did you see them last night during another awkward moment inside a tent with a wall and ceiling? I saw a bit of them, yeah, before I went out. We got, like, a fair bit through, like, until yeah, 9.30. Like so like mm-hmm. Yeah, like, 90 minutes through the broadcast. I saw the Schitt's oh. Creek situation where they presented. That was cute. Yeah, there was only another 90 minutes to go after that. <laughs> <laughs> Emma sent us the perfect thing today from Ira. People watching, people winning the crown. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, the only one I was into was when... Um, Julian Anderson won because I was like, this is really for sex education. And I believe this. You know, season three just dropped. Yeah. Have you watched any of it? No, I didn't even finish season two, but I'll go for it if you want. <laughs> Let's go for it because it's um, it's enjoyable. I enjoy it immensely. It's one of my favorite well, shows. <laughs> obviously, like, since you didn't know it was on and you're not watching it. but um, No, I, the, what? I've already watched half of season three. I just asked you if you knew that season three dropped. And I said, yeah. My yeah and my nah <laughs> sounds similar. To be fair. Well, the highlight of the night was obviously <laughs> Michaela Cole winning for I May Destroy You yes. because it's amazing and it was just it meant so much. And then the second highlight was Olivia Coleman later won for the crown. And she was like, I can't say anything because I wish my dad were here and I just love him so much. And she's like, and Michaela Cole, fuck yeah. You were like, yes. Oh, so, I didn't hear her say that. She, it was bleeped. It was bleeped. Oh. Uh, Man, they're the really British liberal people. with that bleeper. I feel like as soon as someone's going to cuss, they just bleep the whole sentence. I'm like, come on, I need context. 
Well, I immediately went to Twitter and I was like, what'd she say? Thank God for Twitter. Yeah. And they're like, in Australia, we don't get bleeps. We're allowed to say fuck. So Michaela Cole, fuck yeah. I was like, yes. And that guy from the Queen's Gambit, I hope he is having the worst day ever. Today. Oh my God. I hated him. I hated that so much. It was after uh, Debbie Allen did yes. it once very appropriately in her like with humor with humor and in the midst of like making a moving statement about women and uh in general and in the industry and then and she's debbie fucking fucking allen and she's debbie fucking allen she's getting a lifetime achievement award this is about her whole life just like give her an extra minute and then this white guy just comes and she just keeps three times he asked for more time and just so stone-faced so like no i get more time yeah he didn't ask for more time he demanded it and as did stephen colbert fuck off both of you Fuck off. I mean, yes, we as a woke culture or whatever, we're super annoying, but this program was really a beautiful way to see that played out for you on TV because he was awful. And the way he looked at them and said, like, absolutely not, you know, you're just mm-hmm. like, ugh. And then the way he gross. looked at Anya Taylor Joy after that, like, my muse, I was like, God! Uh, <laughs> asshole, creepy, asshole, creepy, I hate it. <laughs> No, I can never trust when people say it with a straight face. I recently watched Anna Wintour, who I think was forced to do, like, one of those retrospectives on the Met Gala, because she was like, welcome into my home. This is a very big inconvenience for me, was sort of her tone. But she kept talking about it, like, you know, obviously he's their muse, and he was previously Givenchy's muse. And I was like, how can you say that with a straight face? It feels very uncomfy. Yeah, it's like when you talk about tennis ingenues. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. Yikes. Okay. Well, you know, my comeuppance has come. <laughs> and then in the in memoriam, John Baptiste and someone else are like singing It's Beautiful. We're seeing a lot of them. In the beginning, it looked like there was somebody possibly sign language interpreting in the corner, but then they put them in the shadow and it, it oh, might have no. been Ken Jong, and I can't find anything about it. And I was just like, what's happening? Uh. <laughs> The scene with the, all the people who didn't win Emmys, Zoe Deschanel and Fred Savage and Jason Alexander, that was funny. Mm-hmm. Was oh, that was super. That was like a very funny skit. I was surprised the audience wasn't laughing anymore because that was adorable. Allison Hannigan, always a win. Amazing. Zoe Deschanel, and then were, hilarious. Were the British people in the UK or just in another room? They were in the UK. <laughs> they were in London. <laughs> that they were so insane. crammed into whatever that tent was. I was like, maybe there's another tent or they're in Britain. But it didn't well, like so say live from you know the UK or anything. Yeah, well, who knows? Maybe it wasn't live, but I think it was. It had to have been. It said but, London at one point, just not oh, always. But dear God, yeah, because there's so many travel restrictions, right? So they can't get in and out. And also, why would you want to come to America? When you could, and the, but the one guy. Well, the UK is not doing that much better. <laughs> the uh, Prince, oh my God, young Prince Charles. Josh With the weird bow tie. I hate yeah. that look. <laughs> yeah. And I think Michaela Cole won the night for fashion also. I thought she looked amazing. Yeah. So it was an enjoyable watch for the most part, other than the crown. And I and now it makes me not like the Queen's Gambit. Jesus. I know, which is unfortunate. Because the director is such an that. asshole. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to support. I mean, fuck that. We had Evan Peters up there looking all rumpled and adorable <laughs> and like he needed squishing and hugging. And Gene Smart was gorgeous and Kate Winslet was great so oh that like kate winslet has always been my champion my love my adoration ever since titanic it was one of the very first oscars i can remember pulling for uh kate winslet and being like who the fuck is helen hunt 
And why is she here on Kate Winslet's stage? Because she won for like as good as it gets or something instead of Kate Winslet. Um, but it was lovely to see all the recognition for Kate Winslet. Oh, fresh. I, was I had a gay you, old time. I bet. Did well, you watch anything else fun this week? What have you been What have you been diving into? Well, um, I'm not sure fun, but eye-opening and terrifying was the Lala Lulu Rich situation. <laughs> the Lulu Did Rich you watch dish. all of it? Yeah, I watched the entire thing. That was Good insane. Job. Yeah. So guess who the director, producer people are? It's the Fire Festival people. Oh. Remember the fire documentary, the really uh-huh. good one? They did I that too. It. Oh, I love it so much. Was that the That's Hulu great. one or the Netflix one? Uh good question. <laughs> but I wondered why it was so clean and crisp and well done, you know? So that was really fun. So what are your overall thoughts? Oh, I brought this up in front of a group of women. Yeah. And then I left and I was like, oh shit, I wonder if anybody in here was in Lularo. <laughs> I didn't realize how pervasive it was because I remember like oh the God. tights thing being a big thing three years ago. And their like, their official name is leggings. I'm so sorry. The <laughs> stretch fabric that even if they're destroyed, like you're financially butter. responsible for them and like gaslit into believing that that's entirely your fault. But this is why you shouldn't go into clothing. If you ever watch Shark Tank, Damon Johns will say this all the time. Inventory is that's why you can't make money. So and they didn't, and it's insane. Well, and then like the onboarding fees, so you immediately start in debt, and that Mormonism thing, and then that blatant misogyny, and like using these women as a resource, and then transferring over to your husband, so everyone's involved, and believing the fact that they agreed to be part of this. I didn't realize that they actually sat down and were part of this whole documentary process. Well, I listened to the directors today on Kate Casey's podcast, and they were like, you know, you offer people a chance to tell their side of the story, and you, that's what you say to them. She said. Mm-hmm. We're not going to set any questions. It was a six-hour shoot. They said, you know, it's going to be open-ended, but if you want your side out there, we'll let you tell it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the sons. Do you remember this? I don't. I don't think. No, I don't. I don't recall. I'm like, fuck off. Sounds just like Elizabeth Holmes, right? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I don't have any recollection of that. We have you on film. Oh, I don't remember it. You and the hype. The hype nephew who gets booted out at one point and then starts his own marijuana <laughs> bullshit. You're like, oh, this documentary is fantastic because nobody's clean. And then the one woman who was out early and she's still $100,000 in debt, which doesn't really make any sense why it wrecked her entire life. But um, she I mean, was like, 100K is an ideal to be in. She spent $10,000 on dinner. Where's all the money? If you made a million dollars as one of the four original mentors, you should be up there in the millions. So where is all the money? Well, I think they got their money management from their dear leader. It was like, you know, if you spend five minutes on your knees, you can get whatever you want from your husband. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. And God love them. They're starting over and people are in. I just, I really think it's like the the other thing the directors were saying was it's not it's not just a knock on that couple and it's certainly not a knock on those women. It's about everybody feeling disconnected and wanting to be connected, right? And then you get trapped in the money and all that overwhelming stuff happens. But these were all Facebook lives and everybody's together and there's all this frenzy and excitement. I'm getting at my friends in and, you know, I'm sure they're all MAGA supporters now, but it's just, I think we are all so disconnected on our devices, lonely. You're just like, that sounds great. Yeah. Well, and especially the stay-at-home moms, you know, like like he mentioned that, like, this is a whole demographic, this is a whole workforce that is totally excluded from the American economy. 
like and totally undervalued by it and also loses any connection to community because of how much work they have to do. And women are, well, white women, as they pointed out in the documentary, because this is a white-focused culture, these are the most educated women not working outside of the home, right? So they're not mm-hmm. using their degrees. And Well, Roberta Klein, who is one of the major women, she has her own podcast, so I listened to a couple of those episodes as well. Because I'm addicted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where does this rank as far as, like, your cult shows? Because this oh is, like, God, a Oh, my God, what a yeah. great question. Thank you, <laughs> guy from Hot Ones, Sean Evans. <laughs> I mean, Fire Festival was so unbelievable to me that I was just like, I mean, Jonestown Massacre, literally I watched that movie when I was in my teens. So I've been obsessed with cults forever. And I listened to it on a date. (laughs) (laughs) Like legit. That happened to me. (laughs) Yeah, It's definitely up there. I mean, Nexium was great. The more content that's produced about something, the less I care. Right. So the vow was really good, but the other one was even better. And I'd already seen the 2020 and there was six podcasts about it. So now you're like Nexium's, Okay. LuLaRoe, because I knew people who were into it, you're like, whoa, this is fabulous. I don't know. It's in the top five. <laughs> Fire Festival is so awesome. The schadenfreuden, the like, joy at other people's misery in that one, which I'm not <laughs> proud of. Like, I've become a horrible person, but to be on Instagram, like, we're on our famous plane, and then you get there, and you get, like, a bun with mustard on it, and within 12 <laughs> hours, you're pissing on all the cots so nobody else can sleep there. Lord of the Flies! <laughs> well, and that I one mean, dude who was like, I was prepared to blow that man. I oh, my God. And then that guy got a commercial. <laughs> yeah, our society is fucked. Here we go. Apocalypse. Take us down. The uh, I don't producers know. of Lula Rich also did the fire fraud on Hulu. Yes, that's what it was. Nice. Oh, so okay, they are bad. part of Fuck Jerry. Oh, okay. So Fuck Jerry is that, like, um, they, they're a marketing firm. Mm. Yeah, the... The producing, what is it? Cinemart is the common na- common production studio name between the two. Thank you. Well, the fire fraud people, the, the fuck Jerry people were also sponsors of the fire festival, mm. which is why the Hulu documentary doesn't show that, but the Netflix one does. Why do I know this? Because I have no life. <laughs> She's a deep diver, you know. So fire festival is number one. I don't know. There's probably <laughs> ten I'm forgetting about. <laughs> I mean, just that little Netflix movie about the guy who abducted the girl down the street, and she was like, I loved him. Remember that one? (laughs) No. Fuck, we talked about it. Anyway, where does it rank for you, or don't you rank? (laughs) We'll do a rank Has Mario Lopez uh, responded to his part in this whole thing? (laughs) He was working at the time. He was on extra. He wasn't like... No, you yeah. remember when he got married and a week later his wife was like, fuck this guy. It wasn't even around that time. Mm-hmm. And yet he Oh, yeah. Isn't that when he cheated on his, like, yeah. future wife like, at his bachelor yes. party? Yeah. Oh, boy. But he's pretty much featured as the turning point for Lulu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And what about the wonderful-hearted, strange customer service guy who's like, I can't even listen to Kelly Clarkson anymore. And that was, like, my favorite song. That one with her and Jason Aldean. That was one of my favorite songs. <laughs> You're like, really? You went into customer relations at LuLaRoe to, like, be a great person? Okay. <laughs> Mother Teresa, customer service. Well. What was the other one about the murderer? Oh, God. <laughs> that we all watched together. It was, like, before Tiger King. It was on Netflix. It was the first thing where we were all like, 
Are you watching Murder in the First or whatever it is? Murder, murder guy? Murder, murder, murder. <laughs> they murdered a, murder. Rural juror. It was a documentary. Yes, but it was a series, remember? And then it, his brother, Brandon, or his cousin, was like so young and they were, he's like, I just want to go home. They're like, well, did you do it? He's like, I mean, sure, can I go home now? And you're like, no. Oh, abducted in plain sight is the one with the girl down the street. Yep. Where he like lured her in. Oh, it's so good. Fire festival. Oh, I'm gonna have to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, we all Was talked it making about a this. murderer. Making a murderer. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you people are killing me with not knowing the things I forget. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so very sorry. I'm so glad. What else did you watch today? Because you were on a marathon of TV. Yeah. Well, then Nine Perfect Strangers. Oh, so what did you think about that? Emma, are you up? Take your headphones off, please. So I like Regina Hall in anything, and I appreciate her always. But the sort of situation where now she is the one that's been sending menacing texts and attacked, like, Russia. Not Russia. Masha. It's like, where did that come from? And also, but did you not see when she put the contact in? Yeah, when she had like one icy blue eye, and it was just like, I'm confused. Like, I'm very into the fact that Regina Hall is getting so much play and so much to play around with, but also like the character development is all over the place. Um, it's nonsense. It's insane. It's so yeah, I don't super know what's happening, and I'm finally there because the first couple episodes, I was like. I don't see why everyone's shitting on this show. They, the reviewers had seen more. <laughs> and now it's like, what is even happening? It's like all these tropes and all these great people thrown in a blender. They're like, good luck. Well, I don't think at, the last time we talked that you had seen the episode where her real life husband is doing all the cabaret music. Oh, the no. Time you're the <laughs> but the truth is I want to go stay there. It's like so pretty that I just don't care. You don't care if you're going to get abducted. I mean, you're already there. I mean, I'm not going to be invited. I don't have any demons like that, I don't think. You'll find out once I know. you're there. <laughs> you're like, I slept with your husband. I'm like, I'm not married. <laughs> I'm still in, though. I'm still looking forward to it. Oh, 100%. It up, I'm like, no, I'm yes. still excited for, like, the next episode. It's still slick. It's still well-produced. It still has a great fucking cast. Um, just, like, the narrative development isn't quite there. But, like, when have we ever needed that? We watched I mean, there up. is a book if we wanted to read it. Devastating now. No. <laughs> Shan't. Simply cannot. No. Yeah, I'm still What's waiting. the book called? Nine Perfect um. Strangers? <laughs> Whoopsies. I don't know if there's one or two left, but it'll be interesting to see how they wrap up. I think there's up. only one, right? That's it's what I feel eight. like, too. Yeah. Well, that's sad. It's been nice to have appointment television since, like, Mare and everything. We're like, yes, every week this. Yeah, Mare and then White Lotus and then, I know. I just, oh, yeah, like, White Lotus. You can come, come back, me. Emma. Yeah. So then they set everyone on fire. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> oh, one thing we did watch over there as well um, when Control was wrested away from me, which seemed fair. And uh, But we were watching Naked and Afraid of Love <laughs> on Discovery+. Plus. And so it's like Naked and Afraid, but it's really just Love Island and they're all just naked. Um, <laughs> and it's a dating show. And that was, uh, it was brutal, to be honest. It was quite brutal. But hey, that's on Discovery Plus. It's like Fetha meets Love Island meets nudity. So do Always. they just leave you out there? Yeah, and then you like build shelters together. It's I mean, they're all well quaffed and they're not actually surviving the wilderness. They're just in the wilderness naked. 
but they're all just like dating each other and everyone's harboring feelings and all the dudes are fuck boys and it's Oh, it's not just two people, it's like a group of people. It's a group of people, yeah. So it's like a nudist colony out in the woods finding love. Essentially. <laughs> but the dialogue is so bad and clearly a lot of it's scripted and staged, duh. But just painfully so, where they're just like, hey, I like your hat. It's like, yeah, I know how to do like basket weaving and stuff. It's like, oh, that's super chill. Like, you should teach me. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. It's like, yeah, I'd love for you to teach me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that sounds, yeah. Jesus. On that the- same <laughs> trope, I would like to yell at both of you for making me watch the first two episodes of Manifest because those people are in a lifetime movie show and I did not sign up for that. <laughs> Other than Josh, whatever his name is, from Once Upon a Time, who's married to Jennifer Goodwin, who is smoking hot, the dad. Everyone else is awful. Whoever his sister is, no offense to you as a person, but you as an actress are very bad. I don't agree. She's got great hair, though. She's got great hair. I would trade my hair and her acting skills in a heartbeat. (laughs) (laughs) Do they ever explain to you what is going on? Not really. Like, you get different pieces and you understand things and the manifest um, situation isn't exclusive to the people on the plane and it's happened before in history and somehow those are contemporaneous moments. So it gets very... It just gets super churchy, too. It's like, well, I thought you didn't believe in God. It's like, I don't know what I believe in anymore. And it's like, okay, well, very tired. I was very sleepy. How far (laughs) in did you make it, Emma? I think just three episodes. Did you see the murder episode? Yeah. So that I watched episode three because there was a murder. I was like, oh, is this going to be a murder stuff? But it's Oh, yeah, not. yeah. I saw her get murdered. You're right. The mm-hmm. woman watching herself on TV and then blood mm-hmm. splatter. I was yeah. like, oh, boy. <laughs> After school special. From- <laughs> I thought it was going to make it, you know, more exciting. But then it didn't. So... <laughs> I was Did engrossed the whole time. I you? was, yeah, I mean, I was skipping around to the parts that interest me. And then they and had I don't know that characters. that's engrossed the whole time. I think that's the opposite. <laughs> engrossed the whole time means I was watching everything. And you're like, yeah, I was engrossed the whole time. While well, I skipped around and didn't watch it. Well, sure, naturally. Obviously, we knew this would happen. But I got to, like, season three. I'm on season three right now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, thank you. I'm really close with watching. Is Josh, what's his face, still there? He's still there, yeah. None of the key players have died, but we do find out when they're going to die. No, no, no. You can spoil it for us. How do you, how do you find out? I'm never going to make it. So there are <laughs> some other people. Um, there's a criminal who's like underwater for like 84 hours, and then he returns. And then it was supposed to be an example of what happens when you don't follow the orders or like the callings. And then 84 hours exactly after he was pulled from the river, he dies and basically drowns on land. So it's like you have a death date. However long you were gone is how long you're going to stay alive. Because they were gone for like five and a half years? Correct. Yeah. Da-na-na! Da-na-na! So obviously people can skip ahead if they don't care, but does the wife have a boyfriend? So the wife's boyfriend situation fizzles out by the end of the first season. Yeah. Well, Josh, what's the say? couldn't be more understanding. He's like, it's, I totally understand. We've been gone. He couldn't be more understanding than by saying, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he meant it. He did. He's it super good. dreamy. Did you guys watch Once Upon a Time? Mm-hmm. No. I watched, like, three seasons. He was super dreamy. And the fact that they, like, fell in love in real life and got married. And you're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. 
We love. <laughs> it was around the same time that there were so many articles about Jennifer Goodwin. She's like, I always used to feel like I had long hair, but now I really rock the short hair. And I was like, oh, my God, your journey. <laughs> Well, thankfully, it wasn't like career pausing like Carrie Russell's haircut. I know. My God. Somebody's rewatching Felicity, and I'm like, did you stay past the haircut? I'm like, well, that is love, because I <laughs> could not stay past the haircut. I couldn't stay past when the Pink Ranger was no longer on. <laughs> but I did see like a clip on YouTube, a little clickbait for me, of Drew Barrymore reuniting with Michael Vartan. Oh, my oh. God. From... <laughs> Never been kissed. Well, isn't he also? Oh, he's not on Felicity. He's on Alias. Sorry. That he's on Alias. Crossover oh my shows God. in my brain from the aughts or whatever they were. He was also in One Hour Photo, a movie with Robin Williams where he plays a very terrifying dude. And he's oh, really? Mental. And that used to get me through some cold nights in middle school. I don't think you would recognize him. He looks like a completely different person. Devastating. He's still attractive, just in a very different way. But my guess is they haven't spoken since because she gave him a plant as like the way to go present uh, for their never been kissed. And he plants it in the yard and he's like, and I've had this picture on my phone in case I ran into you. And it's this giant tree. Oh, that's she's so like, sweet. Oh my God. And you're like, oh, just that's blowing him off 20 years. <laughs> Dick. Dick. So Love on the Spectrum starts tomorrow. So I'm totally watching that. On Netflix because I loved season one so much, and then you want to dive into season three of Sex Education. Yes. yes. Okay. We'll see the finale of Nine Perfect Strangers. Is it? I don't know how many... the finale already. We think so. We were discussing mm-hmm. that when we sent you off, Mike, because you're behind. <laughs> but I caught up on Ted Lasso. Uh, Nick, are you up on Ted Lasso? I've not started. Great. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think Emma and I are both trying Excited to be accepting. For the next episode. Yes. <laughs> okay. Frank is also. Yeah, it looks like there's only one more left for um, Nine Perfect Strangers. Nice. So we'll see what happens there. And then we'll need another Nicole Kidman appointment television show. When I saw Hugh Grant get nominated for The Undoing, all I could hear was you saying, I'm undone with (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. You and McGregor for Halston? That is a weak-ass category. I love him. That category was so weak. I love the fact that there were no lead men in things this year. (laughs) I know, but if you guys have watched Lovecraft Country, that guy should have won. He's unbelievable. The first three episodes are magic. He was great. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I couldn't even get that. through one episode of Halston. Um, no, uh, the undoing. So the best part of Ted Lasso this week for me was this song. So this will be our this will be our bird tweeting today to get us into the tweet of the week. <laughs> so hey, do you know this song, Nick? Yeah, you just played it. No, but I don't. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hello by Martin Solveig. Yeah. Uh-oh. Now he's jamming. Five and a million angels. Hey. Hey. All right. Well, enjoy that earworm. Hello. Hello. 
Oh my God, you guys are so funny. All right, so tweet of the week, optimist, uh, optometrist style, yes? See. <laughs> yes. Wee oh, wee. And optimist see. style. I like yes. that. You guys have heard about the activist, that show that was supposed to start that got canceled? Oh, yeah, just from Love It. Yeah, have you heard about it, Nick? No. It's Priyanka Chopra and some other people, and it was like, we're going to take all these actual activists and yeah. hook them up with a social media influencer as a game oh, show. God. And so, like, Greta Thunberg, your ideas about saving the planet are fantastic, but you did not achieve enough likes this week. Goodbye. <laughs> so Twitter went insane, right? Like, fuck this idea. What are you talking about? All right. Hannah Burner says, does anyone else feel like they are a lazy perfectionist with ADHD and chronic fatigue who's pretty chill besides the occasional panic attack and loves their friends but hates people? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel seen. How about you guys? All right. So that was. No, one. I don't feel seen. I feel attacked. I feel brutalized. <laughs> All right. That was one. Number two, Jennifer Wright. Part of being an adult is just accepting that this is the way your back feels now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you pick one or two? Uh, one, because my back hurts right now, but I do not want to accept it. <laughs> one, yeah. Um, ben Travers says, Olivia Coleman's speech ended with, Michaela Cole, fuck yeah! One or two? <laughs> I'm going to stick with one, though I do love that. <laughs> it could still be the tweet of the week. Emma? Sticking with one. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to need focus on this one. Chris Murphy. Am I allergist? And he asked if I wanted to get my flu shot. And I said, now? Isn't it early? And he turned to me and said, girl, it's never too early. And we laughed. And this is just to say, go get your flu shots. But also, how can I find out if my allergist is gay? <laughs> I'm gonna say two. I like the message. Yeah. I like the gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like two. Okay, well, that's really all the tweets for the week, except for this game <laughs> I've got. This week has been a nightmare. Solomon Giorgio, David Allen Greer, everyone's just been in a hole. It's just not been my week. So that's the winner of that. But Jimmy have they Fallon, been in a hole in your backyard? Yes. Yeah. You've loved them so much, I would not be surprised if you abducted them. You've got the framework. You've got the history. As far as you've watched a lot of shows about this, you can pull it off. So Jimmy Fallon's game for this week, um, a challenge to hashtag describe a movie badly. So I'm thinking I can do it and then see if you guys can guess it. Oh, yeah. I love oh, that. I love it. <laughs> and then maybe you guys can make up because some of them are hard. All right. So here we go. Get your brains on. Adorable trash can and flower pot force fat people to walk. It's a traumatic movie that I have only seen. Uh, yeah, once. it's Wally. -E. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you acted like you weren't going to answer. Well, Flower Pot threw me. <laughs> okay. Germans ruin a Christmas party. That might not be enough information. Uh, song, Sound of Music? No, that's not. Okay. It's a Bruce Willis movie. Oh, Die Hard? Yes. Nice. Nick, where are you? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Transported to a surreal landscape, a young girl kills the first person she meets and then teams up with three strangers to kill again. Alice in Wonderland? No, but very <laughs> close. Very close. Read it again. Read it again. Please. I already put it away. <laughs> Wait, Transported Wizard of Oz? 
Yes. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Good job. Very good. Okay, ready? One, two, one. Old lady tells her granddaughter all the gritty details of the time she banged a stranger on a cruise ship. Titanic. Yes. (laughs) Hey, the game. Ooh, 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 ooh. All right, this one's pretty easy, so they have to get in there quickly. An astronaut is going to hit the Earth, then NASA decides for some reason that it's better to teach some crazy dudes how to fly a rocket instead of teaching highly qualified astronauts how to dig a hole. Oh, Armageddon. Yes. (laughs) There's only one more, and it's meant for me. Emma, you got to get this one. You ready? (laughs) Yep. Long treasure hunt games in an intense guess what's in the box challenge. What's in the box? Seven? Yes. <laughs> I thought it was Jumanji. I, know. I was like, it's either Pirates of the Caribbean or. <laughs> no, it's what's in the box. <laughs> All right. This is a tiebreaker. Not a great one. Last one. Here we go. Everyone tries to do the ice bucket challenge at night. Hmm. Vertical limit? No. Uh... It's a movie this we've already Titanic. named. Yeah. Yes, it is yeah. Titanic. Titanic again? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Nick, I feel like you would be amazing at this, describing bad movies like this. Well, Great. for next week, I will. Not do anything. But. Not do <laughs> Take it to the runway. Runway. Take it to the runway. Runway. Nick, did you get a chance to watch Drag Race Holland? I did watch Drag Race Holland, yeah. Wow. Can I am get on it this week, guys. Can we just like talk about it? Okay. <laughs> I spent so many mornings up drunk that I've been like, what do I do with this time? <laughs> Emma, are you still into Holland? No. (laughs) Well, good. Then we don't have to be upset about. So what did you think of this episode, Nick? I'm going to scroll through pictures, but. Well, I do like that it seems more clear now that My Little Pony has a very strong chance at the title. So especially now that their partner is gone. Spoiler alert. Keta Minaj sashays away. So, um, I don't know. I'm excited. I think the finale is next week, right? So, yeah. um, I'm pretty pleased with the top three. I still think Vivaldi should have gone home for the phone incident, but she's around and that's chill. Um, but no, I mean, it's like, oh, you have pictures up. But. Yeah. <laughs> this is a challenge, this mismatch, that I think is even better than the puppets. Making this them dress fun. in each other's drag and try and be them. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Well, and they're holding a butt plug as an award sort of situation. Is that a butt plug? Yes. It's that is a butt plug. very large. That's like, it's like mid-size. Shut up. Yeah, they get bigger. Traumatizing. <laughs> what did you think a penile-like shape with ribs? The was? word... I just thought it was like a weird dildo. I just didn't. Oh well, yeah, it's like a dildo. Yeah, no, it's like a dildo too. I can't see the flared base from here to see if it's meant for anal usage. Oh my god! (laughs) This just hurts to look at. (laughs) Hold on, I gotta cool down. That's terrifying. Um, Yeah, yeah. So then they have an acting challenge. Emma, you would not believe it. The woman they brought in though 
was actually giving them amazing direction. She was so good, didn't you think? Yeah. Yes, 100%. It was like the anti-Bob from uh, Biggest Loser. Yes. She was like, uh, make this part bigger. Do that a little smaller. Change your levels. Like, you need to really pay attention to the other person. It was like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Is she, she an actual director, filmmaker in Holland? Yes. Holland? Yeah. Guess and then so. this guy was smoking hot and super fun. I don't know who he is. Fairy someone. He is a fairy. I hope so, because that means we all have a shot. Um, but no. I also was... thought that um, Vivaldi was terrible in this challenge. I thought I it was going like... to be Vivaldi and um, Vanessa Van Cartier, and I was going to be fine with either of them leaving. Yeah. Well, that would be super cute if Poonie and Keta were like there for each other in the final three. But whatever, it's chill. Are they the okay, one that were in a relationship before? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And are obviously still really good friends and super sweet. I mean, obviously. I mean, the way. I'm like, oh my God. So, yeah, well, and then like Vivaldi just keeps wearing that giant breastplate too. It's yes, just so, and she said, I'm so sick of being the whore. And then why did you wear the big breastplate? It's just help me out with that. So the category was like famous Dutch people. So she was doing the Venga Boys. Which was fantastic. Her ensemble looked amazing. And anytime I can be like, we like to body. We like, we like to body. I'm sorry my little poonie's pillow wasn't bigger, but I liked this outfit. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Now, I was, Vanessa Van Cartier as Miffy is probably the best thing I've ever seen. Miffy haunts my dreams to, <laughs> to this day. <laughs> And then I agree, Keta looked really harsh. Yes, and then do you think that. she couldn't dance because of her outfit? Because they're like, she dances, she bucks, she turns, but she didn't do any of that. Yeah, she could not. She couldn't move. Yeah, she's in a cage. Well, she took Which off her necklace. Which is very daring, like that late. I guess you don't know when the challenges are going to be like, <laughs> in what order. But it seems very weird to have something that you literally cannot move in. Well, and I don't even think after the judging she had any idea she was going to lip sync, so. Yeah. And honestly, I do think Vivaldi was better in the lip sync. She was. Well, and that ensemble looks so good. Looks so good. It was like everything that um, the box, the, the box, the first eliminated queen from Canada was trying to do. Juice box? Juice box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good job. Thank you. Ugh. So Keta was like, uh, this is a shock. I had three badges. I thought I was going to win. Yeah. Bummer. So next week, they're going to perform with whoever this fabulously eyebrowed woman is. She looks wonderful. She's and Juliana like Margulies' painting <laughs> in the attic. And all the girls will be there next week, so that's fun. Is it they reunion look- and finale? <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, is it? <laughs> no, they're just sitting on the side of the stage, I think. So I think they get to walk out in their outfits and then go sit down. Oh, nice. Yeah, it feels like, um, you know, Australia. I do like they when just they do that. that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping my little poonie wins. Same. I would not be super pissed if Vanessa won. She's not showing. Like, you can see she could turn it up a notch. I agree with them. Yeah. She's got more to offer, but she's my favorite of the group. So, But I'm really, like, 26% invested. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Who won Holland last time? Miss Envy Peru? Miss Envy Peru, Envy yeah. Peru, yeah. Yeah, it was Envy Peru, Abby, oh my gosh, uh, Mama Queen, and then Jackie Janay. Jackie Jorn, 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 Jackie Jorn, 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 Jorn,
Jamie's and okay. I wanted to remember yeah. her. <laughs> so I was thinking that we should quickly, if you're up for it, go through the UK Queen since that starts this week. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's look at Drag Race UK. You guys can see my screen? Yes. Okay, well, this will be. This is not my deep dive investigation, but I do think we should make some early predictions. I love it. So the first up is Victoria Scone, 27-year-old drag performer from Cardiff. Describes herself as camp. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says. Camp you Cardiff Cabaret days. Disco Diva with a lot of spunk. Her name is inspired by traditional drag, pantomime, and the older Welsh queens. She cites Sari Dupree as a main inspiration for her drag career. She's also the... First cis female to take, to take part in the UK competition. Wild. Well, and Drag Race. Yeah, in the franchise. Entirely, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yes. All right. Veronica Green's coming back. Are you oh, excited? Not excited? I what think I am. Yeah. What was her thing? Like, I go from goblin to something in two seconds. Gorge? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Vanity Milan. Beautiful. She's queen. Cute. Yeah. She's 29 from South London. She's sophisticated, sexy, and savage. Her drag name came from her mother, who would frankly tell her, look, you're always stuck in the mirror. You might as well just call yourself Vanity. Great accent work. Thank you so much. <laughs> you can do the next one. Biatch. All right. This is Scarlet Harlot. Four T's all day. Um, so Scarlet Harlot is a 26-year-old queen from East London whose look has been inspired by the film industry. Fascinating. She described her drag persona as a beautiful woman with movie star looks. Okay, cinema. We're really into that. She's a glamorous diva, and when she talks, she's a proper mouthy, cheeky cockney. She's like Danny Dyer in drag. Ha, so we Dan don't know what that means. Danny yeah. Dyer, I do. So Danny Dyer is like a television presenter, and he's been in like reality shows um, for decades. And he's got a very swarthy mouth. Um, he's also been naked, and I've seen those. I can send those your way. She's also been inspired by old school divas like Joan Rivers, Barbara Streisand, and Shirley Bassey. Also nice accent work from you. <laughs> I was just thinking that there should be a queen called Shirley Bussy. Like I'm like Bussy Queen. <laughs> River Medway. She's taking her drag name from her hometown in Kent. She's 22. I have to say she looks a bit older. 50% white British, 50% Singaporean. She's camp, feel good and shallow. She doesn't take herself too seriously. Hannah Montana was a big inspiration. <laughs> she says she loved the transforming that happening in the Disney series. Oh my god, <laughs> I love queens like that though, like Arancha Castillo La Mancha. Yeah. <laughs> she also idolized Miley. So Crystal Versace is the next one, and she's basically a young Fred, the host of Holland, with her looks right now that she's serving. She's 19, based in Kent, and has been playing with makeup since the age of 13, which would have been in 2015. <laughs> and describes her first experience performing in drag as magical. Her style is different and refreshing, and it was the original RuPaul's Drag Race series that inspired her to perform. Yikes, okay. Baby child. Baby child. Kitty Scott Klaus, whatever that is, from Birmingham, based... Queen describes herself as all singing, all dancing, and always funny. She did musical theater and revealed that instead of the boy parts, she wanted to be Elle Woods. I thought by boy parts, she meant like penis. She wanted to be <laughs> Elle Woods in Legally Blonde, wanted to be Roxy Hart in Chicago, and wanted to be Glinda in The Wicked. So it's these iconic roles that have inspired her style. Bye-bye, yeah, I thought Yeah, I know. I thought it was male parts, too. And I was like, oh, my God, are we trying again with I'm a straight queen? It's like, scaredy cat, no, you aren't. 
So okay, you're in a relationship with a woman at the moment, but you are not straight. Way to judge her and beat her down and not let her um, beat herself. That's great. You're welcome. Next, next is Ella Vaday. Ella describes oh, I like drag. That. Ella Vaday. Ella Vaday. Ella Vaday. Ella Vaday. I didn't even fucking get it. <laughs> Ella describes her drag persona as a bit garish, a bit classy, a bit Essexy. Oh, oh no. it's time for Essex. <laughs> and as a 32-year-old drag performer from Dagnum, which is like major middle of Manchester, that sort of like Geordie Shore accent situation, she tries to embody her hometown when she performs. <laughs> so spray on tan and then dying of hypothermia in the gutter after a night out. <laughs> <laughs> as a professionally trained actor, Ella cites wanting to have both roles as main inspiration. Wait, what? She wants As to be the man and the trained... woman. Okay. I like to be larger than life. My drag is the feminine side of me, which as a male actor, I've never been able to show. Okay. So it's two fingers up to everyone who's told me I must look like a leading man. I'm not sure I feel about this one, mostly because their bio was hard for me to read. <laughs> Electra fence. Ah. She's a death-defying, <laughs> electrifying, and up for a good time. She actually got her drag name after a video of her accidentally electrocuting herself on an electric fence went viral. <laughs> She's a 29-year-old performer from Burnley. Her main inspirations are Miley Cyrus, Kris Jenner, and Madonna. Mm. She looks a little like Kris Jenner. <laughs> Nick? All right, next we got Charity Case. She's Charity a dragon. Z and Case with a K. Yeah, she looks like... Um, this season's Crystal Method, but on like an extra amount of math. Very larger than life, super costumey. Known for outlandish looks, Charity Case is a 24 year old queen from Lancashire. Her name comes from her ability to craft stuff on a very low budget and transform the grotesque to glamorous. She's my winner already. I love her. <laughs> she describes her style as not being entry level. <laughs> as you can expect <laughs> shock, horror, gore, glamour, maybe even a little bit of vomit. Okay, now like maybe top three. <laughs> Theresa May is 30 years old Spanish queen living in Newcastle but says her drag was born in the UK. Her style is very storyteller in nature and she said she uses puppets. Hey! Live singing, a bit of dancing, projection, spoken word, and lip syncing <laughs> when performing. Okay, so like everyone? Except for like puppets. All right, now to round it out, we've got Anubis. Anubis is a 19-year-old drag performer from Brighton who chose her drag name to honor her Egyptian heritage. It's also a tribute to her dad, who passed away three years ago. Her drag style is influenced by her mother and grandmother, describing the latter as an absolute legend and really wacky with a really kind heart. All right, first impressions, who do you think is going to win? First impressions, I am going to say Charity Case. Really? No, I don't actually believe that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb and say Veronica Green is going home first. Whoa, no. first. What? Sure. Just for fun. <laughs> um, and I'm going to pick Crystal Versace as my winner. Wild. I mean, nothing bad's going to happen to me. These are just ideas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people, pick a winner and a loser. I did. Who'd you pick? Charity Case, and then... And you took it back. Did I? Charity Case to win... And then who's going home first? That 19-year-old. The one, the one I picked to win? To win? Yeah. Crystal? Yeah. yeah. I think Katie Scott Claus will go home first. <laughs> I might and you think Ella Vade is going to win? Mm, no, probably not. Um, <laughs> give it to Theresa May. Okay. I am going to change Veronica Green going home first. It's going to be Electra Fence. 
are we we're not going to drag Reese Fantasy up the um, UK Queens? Okay. We could. That feels hard. We could. Yeah. I love how every week you talk about how hard it is and you have to do absolutely nothing but watch the show. <laughs> it just feels hard. I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was fun. It was fun. I just was speaking on your behalf, Julian. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Should we change up the points in any way? So the All-Stars was a mess because if you won the challenge and you won the limp sync, it was so many points. Yeah. Well, now lip syncing is not a good thing, so that's helpful. (laughs) Right. And then the mini challenges will count, and then we didn't have very many mini challenges this Mm -hmm. time. Okay, well, let's just go with what we got. Yeah. If you're listening and you'd like to participate, please DM us on Instagram at takespod.com. At takespod. At takespod. Send a dick pic to <laughs> pique our interest. Do not send a dick pic. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm fucking kidding, obviously. Do not call me at home. Will Your be- pics <laughs> are due before the show airs. I don't care when you watch it. They are due before the show airs. <laughs> Well, good, fun. Well, let's start Drag Race UK this week. When does it air? It's either Thursday or Friday. Oh, no, it begins the 23rd. There we go. So it's on Thursday nights or Thursdays. It'll be on at 3 o'clock in the morning. I get to watch it before everybody because I'm awake. (laughs) So this week, we're going to watch Drag Race UK Season 3. It's on WoW Presents Plus. I'm going to catch up on Sex Education, uh, which is on Netflix, as is Love on the Spectrum. Uh, I might watch a couple episodes of Manifest if I get bored, but that's about all that's on my list. Anything else on yours? I want to start Ted Lasso, finally. Yeah. Because of one of those awards. Um, Sex Education, the other two. Yeah, I'm definitely down on that. We're going to watch the finale of Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu. The other two. I'm still watching the challenge. Survivor also starts this week, which I will be watching because my niece is watching it. Well, I hope that we have some good TV this week. I hope there's more than three good tweets in the world. That would be amazing. Um, So check us out. It's not my fault. I spent plenty plenty of time on Twitter. I'm telling the world. I'm telling the world. (laughs) If Nick would only tweet, he'd probably be the tweet of the week every week. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. Um, If you want to hear more of our deep musings about 30 Rock, we have a Blurg podcast, which is Blurg. Uh, And you can check us out on Instagram at TakesPod. Super grateful for everybody that listened. Hope you have a great week. Hope you're having a good day. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Hey, bye, guys. (laughs) Hey, bye, (laughs) y'all. Bye. Options. Takes All Over the Place is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. (laughs) The awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. (laughs) We love you, Frank.